Welcome to our Anthropology 378 podcast. My name is Christina. I'm Cicely. I'm Alina. I'm Lucas. And I'm Sophia. If you've heard of the recent headlines on the U.S. prompt to ban TikTok, you may start wondering what exactly is TikTok? Where did it come from? And how did it suddenly begin to flourish? All right. So in short, TikTok is a new social media platform targeting the mobile interface, with their main feature being short videos underneath a 60-second time limit. These videos are recommended in an endless scroll to a user's For You feed, and no two feeds are ever identical. The recommendation scheme for each user is created for their preference based on their internet activities. This recommendation method is otherwise known as the TikTok algorithm, which is the core technology of this global hit. What's so special about this algorithm? So TikTok's developer ByteDance has safeguarded their recommendation algorithm, releasing that um, only that the For You page considers factors including the user's interaction history, uh, video information including sounds, caption details, and hashtags, and even device and account settings such as language preference, country setting, and device type. Unlike more traditional platforms where a content creator progressively builds a follow base, in TikTok, each video is given the same chance at the release. They are recommended to a small pool of users. If this limited release has positive feedback, the video then enters a larger pool of users and then moves up there tier by tier. This means that all content has the opportunity to go viral, and then content creators must create content that immediately captures the user's attention so that they don't keep scrolling to the next video. So it's it's a short video platform. It seems pretty similar to other social media platforms. Why is the US so opposed? Why do they want to ban it? So what's special about TikTok is that it creates their targeted recommendation. TikTok gathers a very large amount of data points on each user, which quickly agglomerates into a massive data pool, which has significant value at this age of big data. Ever since its release in September 2016, within four years, TikTok has gathered more than 100 million monthly active users. Its exponential growth and data collection scheme has attracted widespread political attention and alert. Because for the first time, a platform that is widely used in Europe and North America is developed and owned by a Chinese company. The U.S. is concerned that TikTok is gathering American data and turning them over to the Chinese government. Politically, Europe and North America are separated from China by different ideologies. On the internet, this difference is seen through China's Great Firewall and also their intense censorship program, which has banned Google, Facebook, Twitter, and other mainstream social media from entering China. This allowed an isolated internet ecosystem to flourish, where TikTok was first born. Oh, that's so interesting. How does this background make TikTok different from other natively developed platforms? TikTok is a great example of how different sociocultural backgrounds affect the medium's growth and usage. The TikTok counterpart that is released only in mainland China is known as Douyin. Despite the same algorithm, same technology, and a similar user experience where starting the app immediately brings you to your first video recommendation of the day, TikTok and Douyin have two separate databases, and their user base do not cross over. So, for example, one will not be able to find activist or political content from TikTok on the Chinese Douyin. Last year, China's Netcasting Service Association issued new regulations that online short video platforms in China must adhere to. Once the new guideline requires all service providers to carefully examine content before it is published, all online video content from title to comment and even the use of emoticons has to be in accordance with the regulations which prohibit anything seen as vulgar, offensive to the Chinese political system, puts political leader in a negative light, or undermines social stability in any way. 
So unlike TikTok, where one may share their opinions, Douyin is predominantly used to create viral entertainment content from music to memes. Moreover, with the highly developed e-commerce market in China, Douyin has now ventured into being a sales platform, which is another story. So whereas TikTok um, have significant societal value, Douyin videos have become sort of a new digital real estate. These platforms now have the ability to cast influences on their respective societies. So, how did we get to this point? Which aspects of society have made advertising so important, and how is TikTok a product of these aspects? Yeah. So, along with the historical fact of TikTok that Cicely just covered, the very literal steps that contributed to it being what we know it as today, there's also quite a bit to explore and really how it became what it did and why. Um, so to me, this really ties into previous concepts we've spoken about in this course regarding media, specifically McLuhan's notions of mediums as something that exert influence. And I don't mean this in the case of TikTok exerting influence, more so in the previous iterations and mediums that were used, or depending on how you look at it, McLuhan would probably say they weren't used at all, that they had the agency to begin with. Um, but regardless of your perspective, how those mediums construct what we understand as society today. So what do you feel has led to the creation of TikTok? It's a new medium. What precursors do you see influencing it? I think we can think about this as going all the way back to Danielle Bly's essay, um, How the Index Card Cataloged the World, examining the medium of index cards as something that organized the world that really fundamentally changed perceptions of society. And we say this organization, this neat categorization of everything dialed up to 11 now, right? Like we see it in how data that's become the primary foundation for neoliberalism in its current form is all of these tiny little data points of just categorizing human beings. So how does this influence TikTok? How does this previous medium influence the new medium? Or how is this effect on society that the previous medium had manifested again in this new form? So firstly, I think it's reflected in our attention spans. We really don't pay attention for thing, to things for very long. We need information to be quickly and easily digestible. The average millennial attention span at this point is 12 seconds. The average Gen Z attention span is eight seconds. So tying this back to index card, we need things to be really quickly digested and organized, like the contents of an index card. Um, and I'm certainly not implying that the index card is solely responsible for these changes. It's the combination of so many other mediums working together to create these effects and these changes over time. And I think this is really apparent in John Berger's Ways of Seeing series, where he details this move towards glamour in our society, this obsession with upward movement, acquiring physical and social capital, this endless jealousy that's evident. Um, evidently, another huge aspect in the way our society functions that, of course, is going to influence the construction of TikTok. So rather than analyze really every single medium that's brought us to this point, we could probably do a podcast today for the rest of our lives and not really get through that subject matter. Um, I think it's these affects that are important, the largest influencers that have gone into making TikTok the way it is. So this brings me to social media, our really ever-present, constantly talked about medium. Um, this is the most important context for TikTok, I feel. When we talk about how it's shaped by culture, um, by the culture in which it's used and produced, social media is really an inescapable aspect of that, especially the notion that social media creates. We're really operating in a post-social culture here, and it's not really possible to gain a deeper understanding of the, of the significance of mediums like TikTok without exploring this. Referring to Geert Levink's work, What is the Social and Social Media? Levink, operating within this, this framework of Baudrillard's notions of simulacrum and the hyperreal, identifies this new social simulacrum um, as, as a, a simulacrum of in-person connection, social really becoming 
a one-to-one copy of what it used to be. And I think that's really pertinent here, a really important aspect of the way this culture works in order to produce TikTok. We're engaging with these platforms that are essentially hyper-real simulacra of our everyday lives, but they're so divorced from content or context that they no longer even represent our social lives anymore. They just represent the same paradigms played out over and over again. And by engaging with them, we're shaped by them. We start to work towards these paradigms these simulacra, but this is the hyper-real. This isn't something that actually exists. By its nature, it's more real than real. So in real life, we never get there. We never reach the goal. And so these platforms promote continuous engagement. It's like a like a carrot on a stick. It's always being dangled in front of us, but we can never really reach it because it's not real. Hmm. Wow. So how do you feel the hyper-real has affected us as a society? Where does it fit into your world? Is it an escape, a way to engage with real people, a real social activity? Yeah, so overall, I think that kind of points towards a synthesis of what I just said. I think it's the key aspect of our cultures that lead us to TikTok. So just to reiterate that as simply as possible, that's the combination of the introduction of glamour and jealousy as key components in our culture. This notion that we're discontent with what we have and we must work towards something else. Um, the reduction of attention span and level of engagement. And then these notions working together to form this continuous engagement with the hyperreal simulacrum of the social as presented in social media. Altogether, this kind of demonstrates how our society is characterized by the world existing alongside this parallel world right. regularly dip into and engage with. For many, that's an escape. That's a way for us to not think about what's currently going on. I know for me that that's really a way for me to, to chill out and, and not be so stressed all the time is sometimes to just numb myself by dipping into this, this simulacra and just kind of not thinking about real life. Um, and this really demonstrates this notion that our current culture is as much composed of the hyper real as it is the real. That is very interesting. So we see these factors as influencing TikTok, but TikTok does the same thing, adding to this cycle of mediums influencing society and vice versa. So how do we see TikTok as influencing society? Yeah, so society has not only shaped the world of TikTok, but TikTok has also impacted and shaped many aspects of our society as well. Through our course, we have often discussed the medium and what is represented through the medium, as well how it communicates the message. Through Daniel Miller's work, Tales from Facebook, he discusses how the language found in, on this medium has affected societal behaviors and further how the language we use on the medium has great impacts on relations outside of the medium. Uh, a quote of his is the medium is an instrument of something else, of something that intervenes. Using Miller's research and work, we can examine how TikTok being the virtual world uh, intervenes in the real world. This also meaning that since the boom of TikTok, we can see the real world represented by TikTok. How are we able to visualize the impacts that TikTok has on our younger generation? Yeah, so through TikTok and its For You page, there has often been a great debate on whether the content is suppressed to only present societal perceptions of beauty or whether it's truly random videos that pop up on your feed. An article written by Melanie Kennedy claims that TikTok's moderators are to suppress videos with bodies and individuals that are deemed to be socially less attractive or more overweight. A quote from hers is, TikTok is instructing its moderators to algorithmically suppress posts by users deemed to appear abnormal, ugly, indicating factors including wrinkles and obesity and slummy, and to censor politically deflammatory and ideologically vulgar content. With popularity on TikTok determined by algorithms and metrics, with the For You page feed upon opening the app, populated with seemingly random videos, each with the potential to go viral, such oppression and censorship work to make invisible those subjects judged to fit the ideals of young white femininity. 
This is meaning that the TikTok platform itself has created a social media that promotes societal attractive bodies while ignoring less attractive bodies and ones deemed uh, that are not like the social norm. Further, in this article, it also says that it should not surprise us that the most followed TikTok star is a slim, white, normatively attractive teenage girl. TikTok has created a platform where individuals and society are viewing primarily attractive bodies. This could only lead to lower self-esteem, greater comparison, lower satisfaction, and increased mental health problems. Individuals in society interact, that interact with TikTok are very likely to be immediately presented with these ideals and standards for beauty. Because of the creation of TikTok and the mass number of teenagers that use it, TikTok, TikTok is shaping their visions of how they should look and act. Yes, I totally agree, Sophia. The TikTok's algorithm is actually competing for your attention because if you're not paying for the product, you become the product. TikTok's business model is to keep people engaged. Our attention is the product being sold to the advertisers, therefore creating addicting chain of consumption for users. The TikTok for you page actually changes what you do, how you think, and who you are. And by doing this, they are actually making money from advertisements. The algorithm is designed only to recommend the next best video for you. It becomes controlling and can take over young people's sense, sense of self-worth and identity. Humans are not evolved to have social approval be given to them at such a fast rate. We confuse likes to our self-worth and value, but it is fake popularity. It forces us into a vicious cycle of how can we get more validation and a need to feel more valued. I can justify this because I was actually addicted to TikTok and I was creating content almost every day. At first, it was all for fun, but once I started to get more hits and likes, I realized my mental health deteriorating. One bad comment or people demanding I make more videos created this empty feeling, but I was still hungry for notifications, but it also increased my anxiety and lowered my self-worth because it was not a true measure of my self-worth. And I'm not the only person that's feeling like this. The CDC actually shows the number of teenage girls who are self-harming and admitted to hospitals has nearly tripled since 2009, and this correlates with the usage of social media. In particular, Gen Z was the first generation to get on social media in middle school. I remember when I first got Instagram and Facebook in grade eight, and I spent more time on my phone during school and rather than making actual connections. So it has like an effect on mental health in that way, especially for the younger generations. Wow, thanks so much for that insight, Christina. TikTok is a platform for creators and individuals to express themselves in videos that are up to a minute long. And unlike any app before it, there's a greater chance for a singular video to blow up and gain lots of attention in the form of likes, comments, shares, etc. Never fully satisfied is a term that we could use greatly on TikTok in terms of if you aren't pretty enough, if you aren't skinny enough, and further, if you can't gain fame or status on the app, you may be never fully satisfied. Because of the For You page and this seemingly random filter of videos streaming to millions of users, TikTok has been presented as an app where the platform creates easy access to fame, success, and even potentially money if you become popular enough. More than ever before, it is easier to have a video gain many likes and views because of the way TikTok is set up. This leaves users with the idea that they will easily be able to gain this stardom. As so many of the now TikTok stars were just regular kids with no specific talent, creators live under the impression that anyone can become famous and they should be able to achieve this as well. TikTok then creates a landscape where fame could supposedly happen to anyone, and yet when it proves to be more challenging than it has led on to be, it's never fully satisfying. TikTok has led many users to feel constantly disappointed with their views and interactions through the app. And although this has led to bounds of creativity in a society, which is great, 
it also leads individuals to feel disappointed and once again with a lowered self-esteem. That is so true. I think our generation grew up in a world that people take social media as their reality, and we're so good at putting filters on things and showing people life is amazing, even though they might feel depressed at the moment. And the filter I'm talking about here also include the TikTok filter or like AI tuning, like face tuning. I think TikTok as a medium is actually reshaping people's、uh, standard of beauty, or standardize the concept of beauty by applying similar features to everyone's faces. To be considered as beautiful or to be popular on TikTok, you have to have big eyes, slim face, brighter or flawless skin,、uh, slimmer body, and also long legs. And the AI face and body tuning technology on TikTok actually have all the features you can adjust to achieve this standardized beauty. And I actually have a cousin who is addicted to TikTok, and the first video she did didn't have so much filter. But as she makes more and more videos, I think she actually got lost in all these compliments she received from this filtered face, and now she actually believes she looks like that. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's actually more interesting to see like so many people in our generations are actually addicted to social media and cell phone. It has been proved by science that engaging with social media and our cell phone actually releases a chemical called dopamine. And that's why when we post on social medias, we actually go back ten times to count how many likes we got. And you know what's interesting is dopamine is the exact chemical people get that makes them feel good when they smoke and drink or gamble, which means that it's highly addictive. And that's why we have age restrictions on gambling, on drinking, and on smoking. And we have no age restrictions on social media and cell phones. It's interesting that you brought up social media's effect on people's self-esteem and how they actually view themselves. And I remember when I was little, the only approval I need is from my parents. And then when I grew older, I started to care a lot more about the opinions of my peers. And looking at the people who are like a few years younger than me, they're forming their perceptions about themselves on social media. And this numbing effect of dopamine releases actually program a behavior into our brains. It's like when we Find something difficult to handle in real life. We go on social media for this temporary relief of stress and anxiety, and for the rest of our lives, we're more likely to turn to a device rather than person when we face significant stress. And I think that's one of the reasons of the increasing suicide rate among adolescents. Definitely. Although TikTok has produced an entirely new generation that views social media as a positive thing, as a pursuit to promote your performative arts, such as dancing, singing, and painting in your small business, and yes, it becomes a hobby, but it also produces illusions for people that they can be launched into TikTok fame, and so they become addicted to posting and scrolling. So, how do you think TikTok has contributed both positively and negatively to social issues? In which way? Yeah, so there are definitely positive and negatives to this platform of social media,、um, but I think TikTok is a platform where creators are able to share their opinions, but as well as information and news. One article by Orchivsky explains how TikTok has actually provided information to a society in a confusing pandemic world. This is definitely one positive to it. But on the other hand, I feel that the For You page's algorithm actually suppresses some content that should be more talked about.、Um, for example, 
you can see like on my For You page, there's more like artists and queer content, but on other people's feeds, it's totally different. And it's because they actually suppress queer content unless you want to see it. And they have frequently shadow banned LGBT hashtags in the past. There has been accounts by transgender people who were censored on TikTok and videos by disabled users were deliberately prevented from going viral. And although TikTok announced that they're supportive of LGBT pride, they have yet to follow up on action to eradicate the shadow banning for marginalized users and people of trans identity. And they also suppress disabled and fat content, and they actually hide these users unless it receives an abundant amount of attention and recognition from viewers. For example, my TikTok will rarely show a viral video of a disabled person speaking their truth because of the support it gets from users like me and you. And it ultimately broke the algorithm suppression of disabled communities because of the support it gets. During the start of the Black Lives Matter movement, for example, TikTok was actually suppressing content from Black creators from reaching the For You page by shadow banning them. And however, since the demand for more Black content, the hashtag BLM was trending on TikTok for almost a month. It was crazy to me that if people demand for change that and they demand to be heard and seen on TikTok, supporters and users will find a way to band together in order to push for more awareness. And it truly shows the power one individual user has to create a huge wave that is able to transform the culture we live in today. TikTok's power has demonstrated that as a culture and as a society, we are a collective that can strive to speak our truth and demand change for an equal future. I really like what you said about if people want change to happen, we can actually make it happen by leveraging TikTok's algorithm. Because it is very important for every group to express their opinions and to be heard on platforms like TikTok. Because nowadays, the majority of young people get their news on social media, which means that their opinion about reality and current events are shaped by the content on these platforms. So biased information or fake news or censorship on our social media can have a huge effect on our society. And because TikTok is developed by China, a country that have like really different ideology and like policies on freedom of speech, I was really suspicious of the possible censorship and information control on TikTok. And I was right on this one. According to a leaked document released by The Guardian, which details the site's moderation guidelines, TikTok actually censors videos that do not please Beijing. The guidelines divide banned materials into two categories. The first category is violations, which TikTok deletes the content from the site entirely, which can also lead to the user being banned from the service. The second category is managed by visible to self, which doesn't delete the video, but it limits the distribution through TikTok's algorithm that only you can see it. So what are count as violations on TikTok? So I found that any comment about China's political system and Hong Kong, Taiwan are being labeled as sensitive topics, which needs to be like censored. And then TikTok can choose to delete it or uh, make it only visible to self, depending on the content of the video. It actually makes me thinking that if you're someone who's like an activist for human rights in Hong Kong and just spent hours and hours of time to produce content to post on TikTok, but what you don't know is the platform actually makes the video only visible to yourself. And then as a result, no one actually likes or comments on the video you made because they cannot see it. So in a time when we value approval on social media more than ever, are you still going to be encouraged to produce such content in the future? 
Well, I think that's a perfect example of how TikTok as a medium is manipulating public opinion by filtering and censoring the content on this platform. Yeah, I hadn't really realized that before. Exactly. And one of the other shocking thing I found is that in October before the election, I signed up for two new Twitter accounts, and one of them I used it to follow all the left-wing political leaders, and on the other account I followed right-wing political leaders. And what I found most surprising is that Twitter, as a medium that should not intervene、um, people's opinion, is actually reinforcing my opinion on these two political parties. For the account I used to follow and engage with left-wing politicians. The recommended posts for this account is all left-wing contents from left-wing media agencies, and for the account that、I've、followed right-wing politicians, it's the same thing. All the information that's recommended to me are on the right spectrum. I used Twitter for my experiment because there weren't much content for Trump on TikTok, but what we're seeing here is social media. As a medium that's supposed to just deliver the information, is actually making the choice for us. I think we should keep in mind that there's not only black and white or left or right in this society, and the algorithm or operating model of these social media is actually polarizing the society into two sides, and that really makes me thinking about what is the purpose of social media as a medium? Is it just a carrier of information, or is it something else? That was a very interesting discussion. So, based on all that, what do you think is the purpose of this new medium, or even social media in general? I think it's pretty interesting that we even think of it as as having a, a purpose. It really ties back to McLuhan and this notion that mediums have agency, right? Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about TikTok like it's an entity that has a goal.、Um, but in terms of that goal, I don't know. If we really have the ability to 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 look at at a concrete point in the future, a concrete objective, and say this is what TikTok wants, I think that it's a continuation of really everything we've discussed thus far. And I think it's really important that TikTok, just by existing, just by exerting that influence over us, is furthering everything that we talked about before this. It doesn't end with TikTok, right? We're going to keep moving in this direction because, like we said, it's the cycle of society influencing mediums and then mediums influencing society and pushing society in a certain direction. So I really think the biggest takeaway from this, for me at least, was the fact that we're moving somewhere. This is an active direction that we're choosing to move in, and I really see that most strongly, honestly, in John Berger's video, where he's talking about advertisement and the effects that it's having on society. Because we can see how far we've moved from that point in a relatively short period of time, and it's mediums like TikTok that are that are causing that change. And whether self mediation. And all of that will be enough to curb that influence. I, I really can't say. It is really interesting to think about all of these positives that we've brought up, and to me, that really illustrates that this isn't a wholly negative influence. There's a lot of good to be garnered from this, and in general, there's a lot of hope in the direction that we're moving in, with with just a little bit of effort to curb the kind of negative effects we're seeing. Wow, yeah, that's so great. It's a lot of things to think about as well.、Uh, and so, after our podcast today, we would like our listeners to consider how our conversation、uh, will influence your usage on social media in general, and further, if you will be a TikTok user. 